Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is going to take a rare moment of being generous and say congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist on getting his jersey retired by the Rangers. Absolute legend, totally deserves it. And I'm thrilled for him. Yeah, me too, except because of this bomb genesis, I may not be able to cover that game, but either way, I'm going to watch it. I will too. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email us at lockedonflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk a little bit more about that press conference from Chuck Fletcher and a little bit of Flyers news as well. We're going to preview Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Kings. We've got a prospect profile on Cutter Gauthier, uh, who is draft eligible, and we'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So we did talk a lot about, I think, the bigger picture items about the press conference on yesterday's show. If you have not listened, highly recommend going back and hearing our thoughts on you know what they had to say. And then we had a fantastic conversation with Sam Carcitti. A legendary reporter that was also wonderful. So great episode to go back and listen if you haven't. Um, I want to talk a little bit today about some of the specific players that were talked about and the general mode of operations that they're working under in terms of signing contract extensions or looking for trades as the trade deadline gets closer. And I think, of course, The most important conversation that was had was about the captain, Claude Giroux, and it was made known that Giroux will be talking to his agent during the All-Star break and discussing options in terms of waiving the no-move clause and where he might be willing to go, where he should go, where the Flyers could get, you know, the best return, and if those two things conflict, or if he just wants to stay, which is perfectly reasonable, too. Yeah, I mean, I do think... and and. And we've all been conditioned to just say, yeah, the guy's going to, you know, go and he's going to want to try and win the cup. But I I don't know if he's at that point in his career yet. He might wait a little while for that. I could still see him signing like a four-year deal here or something like that where he takes a friendly amount of like five million a year or something to say, yeah, you know what? I'll help you bring along these young guys. If we do get better faster, then, you know, I'm still here and I want to be here or... You know, he goes the other way. Either way won't be surprising, but I, I just think I've tried to tell people not to rule out the fact that he might stay. And just the fact that Fletcher said it's up to him does kind of leave the possibility of him staying. Like a lot of times if you have a player in this situation and the team goes up to him and says, look, we're in a bad way here. We'd really appreciate it if you wave your no move so we could get some things for you and try and 
get on the right track in the next three or four years. Well, clearly, even though that may be what the Flyers should do, they're not going to do that based on what Dave Scott said. So I think when Fletcher said, hey, it's up to Giroux, it really is up to him. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think, you know, any Flyers fan should begrudge him being able to make that decision for himself. Now, if he says it's okay if you trade me and here's five teams I'm willing to go to or whatever, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Chuck Fletcher is absolutely on the hook to get the best deal possible. But I I do think that, you know, you want to put Drew in the in the best position to be able to make the decision that he wants to make. The other interesting situation is with Rasmus Ristolainen and they said specifically that when they traded for him they had the intent to keep him but you know Risto wants to win very clearly and you know he is a free agent at the end of the season and I just wonder how those conversations are going to go in terms of his willingness to you know stick around or sign an extension versus looking at the open market. I mean, you know, his numbers, his underlying numbers are still not great. But I think on the eye test, it feels like he's improved a little bit over his time at Buffalo. So has he earned himself more money or at least the same amount of money so that he can go wherever he wants to maybe i think slightly more it's rare when a player takes less and has a decent year and i think he's had that so slightly more i don't know if they're gonna you know keep him if he's going to ask them to pay a lot more than he's worth in order to keep him are they just gonna then they won't yeah no then they'll trade him and try and recoup the assets the massive assets they gave up for him but I do have this scenario in my head where, let's say Claude Giroux says, hey, you know, it's been real. He's not going to say that, but, you know, um, and here are the teams I'll go to. Well, then I kind of wonder if you do go to Ristolainen and say, hey, listen, um, this is kind of our plan. Maybe we're going to go after like Patrick Laine. And would you want to be here for that? Because, you know, these those guys probably do know each other and he's... He's still a player that has a lot of upside. He's got one year left on a deal, or he's got one year, one year left for an RFA deal to sign. I think that's the way it is. and Or sign a long-term deal. Like that's, Those are going to be his choices. And so you never know. I mean, if that money frees up, if they were to trade Konechny and Ristolainen stays and they say, would you want a guy like Line here? There would be enough money for all of that. That's just a scenario that, you know, you never know. No, that's an absolute possibility I think and you know there's obviously other moving pieces and parts you mentioned Konechny was there any other read between the lines that you got out of it in terms of individual players and their potential future the only reason I had mentioned the line it was because he still talked about the need for a bona fide scorer so end of the day I know he's he's not having the year he would have two years ago but you know he's missed time but he did score a nice power play goal when he was here and he is you know, more on the track of getting his game back than he wasn't. Um, other things were definitely the Danny Briere. I, I feel like, and we've talked about it on this show and I've talked about it on other shows, I do feel like he's going to get like an ASGM kind of position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably have to look over Lehigh since it's not really in Brent's contract or I should say title. Uh, maybe he would do that and do some pro player personnel stuff. Like I could see that happening. Uh, I think that we could look for because now that he didn't get taken by the Canadians, that seems almost a lock at this point. It's being whispered everywhere. So, and we all had those thoughts even before that. So, 
and it was brought up during the press conference. So that's something else. I don't think there was anything else that I felt like was a big hint or anything other than, I mean, the biggest one is, is it possible that Chuck would do a rebuild if you gave him the choice? I think it is possible, but clearly Dave Scott does not want to do that. So it doesn't matter. I mean, they could also be playing a game of semantics where they do a rebuild and just don't call it that. They could, but then I'll fall back on like Kevin Allen's article where it's going to be really hard to do that and divest of a lot of these contracts. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, right? Is that yes. if they wanted to clean house, they have a couple of contracts, you know, JVRs most notably, that are going to be very difficult to rid themselves of. Yeah, so as an example, let's say you have to give a pick to get rid of JVR's contract and they don't want to give up the first. Well, they've already traded two seconds for the next two years. Like this is where this organization is, is they're getting lower on prospects, lower on picks, unless they refill the cupboard this year with some things that they do. So again, they're in a situation and I do think Dave Scott has nudged nudged Chuck over this before the summer to do these things. He did them and now it didn't work. And he, he's going to say, do it again. And he's going to do it again. But what happens when you take that path is you're, it, it, you know, it's like borrowing money from your, you know, whatever your swear jar or something in, in your house. And you say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll put it back there. And you know, you never put it back, right? It never goes back. And so the more you take away, the less chance you have of getting any of that back, meaning prospects that are going to develop quickly. Also, just other players that you could get via cap space. To me, it's a it's a very hard thing to do. So I think this isn't Chuck's number one choice. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Well, there's a lot to continue to talk about on this front. And I'm sure as the trade deadline gets closer, we will be talking about it a lot more. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about some lineup updates for the Flyers, talk about the matchup against the Kings. And we got a lot. We got a lot more this episode. So uh, stay tuned. It's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you could reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Built Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And while you're there, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. All right. So, you know, as of recording, we have a few updates on the Flyers lineup. Uh, it looks like they're keeping Bunneman and York available. Uh, they sent to, they got sent down to the taxi squad for the few day break in between the games. Uh, Jackson Cates, Lena Sandine, and Felix Sandstrom were sent back to the Phantoms ostensibly to play there this weekend. Um, again, there's a few days in between, so we'll see what happens. But we did learn right. uh, via Mike Yo yesterday that Isaac Ratcliffe is going to get a call up and play his first NHL game on Saturday against the Kings. I mean, I'm happy for Isaac. I know he's not having the greatest season, so we kind of look at it and say, you know, has he earned it? But they want to see what he looks like up there. So they're going to just mm-hmm. throw him on that fourth line, Rachel, which is a really like a yeah. deep, dark cavern <laughs> it in, is. In, in NHL hell and expecting a kid, any kid, to really do anything of note on that fourth line just because you're giving them their NHL chance isn't really a great chance to, in my estimation, but it's a chance. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about that because to me, it makes a hell of a lot more sense that if you're doing what we have talked about is the right thing to do to bring some of these kids up and give them some NHL games and see what we have here so that we can go into the trade deadline in the offseason knowing the assets we have in an NHL context. Absolutely the right thing to do. However, if you just do one and done, like they did with Lena Sandine in fourth line minutes in weird situations, are you really <laughs> going to get a true picture of what their capabilities are? And to me, you put them in for three games. Yes. And then send them down and rotate them through that way. So you have at least like a decent amount of data to work with. No, I agree. And, you know, the I'm, we should start to play a game because I think by the end of the year, Every offensive player for the Phantoms will have played with Zach McEwen. I think that's where we're we're getting at here. This is the end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to see all these guys on a line without Zach McEwen. And right. Ag- again, not that we dislike Zach McEwen. He is no. a tenacious player who is absolutely a fourth liner, but he has no finish. And so if you're looking for None. guys to see at the Phantoms level to see if they're playmakers at the NHL level, when the guy they have to work with can't finish, it's not going to tell you what you need to know. Bingo. Now, if they have Bunneman on that line, let's say they, you know, are just making paper transactions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's back in the lineup, Bunneman, and so is Cam York. I mean, at least Bunneman did get a cycle going for one or two shifts. Yeah. And so maybe that helps Radcliffe a little bit. But honestly, the guys in the fourth line, like, you know, Jackson Cates, too. What are they getting? One shot on net a game? Maybe two? It's not a lot. Well, we are facing the L.A. Kings on Saturday. Uh, they're making their East Coast trip right now. They played the Islanders last night. As of recording, we don't know the outcome of that game. Except we do know that Drew Doughty played his thousandth NHL game in that one. Uh, he's the first player from the 2008 draft to hit that mark. So that's pretty cool. Now, did you know what the big narrative was about Drew Doughty heading into his draft year? Uh, I probably do, but I've forgotten it because it was so okay. long ago. Yeah, he was fat. Drew Doughty's oh, fat. Right. We're not right. sure he's worthy of being a high draft pick. And yeah, he had some baby fat on him, but 
Uh, Drew Doughty is one of the best defensemen of this era. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I scoffed at it then. I was like, listen, if this is a reason for a team not to take the guy, stop. Because he will round into shape. He did. He's an amazing player. You don't want to play against him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and it is, again, a remarkable achievement to get to a thousand NHL games. So um, congrats to him. For last night's game, uh, as part of the East Coast trip for the Kings, they lost to the Rangers in a shootout three to two. They won against the Devils by that same score. Uh, before that, they played some more formidable opponents in the Avs, uh, Tampa and the Sharks lost all three. But Given all of that, they're still in third place in the Pacific, uh, outperforming expectations from the beginning of the season. Uh, Calgary and Edmonton have a couple of games in hand on them right now, but the Kings are absolutely holding their own. No, they really are holding their own. They've always managed to to fill in guys on defense. I, Whether we were going to talk about Sean Dersey now or later, he's done a nice job that trades mm-hmm. worked out for them to some degree on that, and they know how to develop. So... You know, Dursey is a guy that was a little older, has some offense in his game. So he was the kind of guy that was a good fit for them. But, you know, they have other guys now that have come through or coming up. You know, one guy who's starting to pick up steam is Rasmus Gupari, one of my um, favorite guys in this draft year, which was now going back to uh, 2018. And he's got speed, playmaking ability. But he's also a good two-way guy, but he is one of those guys that's sneaky. So on defense, you really have to pay attention to him because he's very patient. He'll pass at the last minute. And he's also a guy who can occasionally pop in a goal with a really good shot. So he's a guy that I feel like is starting to um, feel his NHL oats a little. He doesn't have a lot of points this year. And Quinton Byfield's up at the moment. And mm-hmm. no matter what, when Quinton Byfield is on the ice, you have to pay attention. He's 6'4", 200-something pounds. He's coming at you from the middle, and when he gets in the crease, you got to try and get him out of there because, and again, this means you, Keith Yandel. you got to, you know, you got to pull your own. Anybody, everybody on that team is going to have to try and get him out of the crease and keep him away from that 10, 15-foot area where he could just bury a shot, whether it's his wrist shot, whether it's a backhand. He could pretty much do it all in that regard, and I don't think he scored his first NHL goal yet, so I do want to throw that out there, too. I think for me, the thing with Byfield is that this is like playing with house money for him, where it wasn't necessarily expected that he was going to get a call up this season or even at this point in this season. Maybe it was later in the year, I think, was the expectation, you know, tail end of season stuff. And he has, you know, made good with his opportunities and he's being given the room to play his own game for the Kings uh, in a way that I think he might not be able to on other teams that are depending on a guy like him too much, right? right? Like to deliver. Whereas there's a lot of depth to the Kings team right now that Byfield doesn't have to do everything. He can just learn the NHL game on his own time, which is, I think, a pretty remarkable situation. And I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to if we get to see and this is going to sound crazy because, again, maybe this is just where the bar is for me. Philip Deneau going up, if he mm-hmm. were to go up against Claude Giroux for faceoffs, that's a good battle, man. Like, I want to see oh, who I wins that battle. They're both they're both great at it. 
Yeah, Deneau was one of the best pickups, I think, for the Kings in this past off season. Um, I was super jealous, actually, when mm-hmm. when that happened, um, mostly because he is just such a great playmaker and was such a huge part of what Montreal was able to do last season. And I think he fits in really well with the rest of the Kings lineup. Yeah, I'll tell you the most annoying uh, King is Alex Ayafalo. He mm-hmm. is second on the team in scoring. He is well past what I thought he could be. Like, Adrian Kempe being third team in scoring, I'm not surprised. Adrian Kempe, like, he told me before the draft he's a warrior. And I love that. Like, that's – you tell me that. I'm I'm running with that. That's the headline. And he's been a really decent player, and he's starting to come around. But Alex Ayafalo, like, this is an undrafted guy. He's got 27 points. He's got 13 goals. He wears an A. He He's been double figures for – four straight years now and around the net he makes things happen and you got to watch him he's another one he squeaks in there he's not a small guy but he's like six foot 187 and but he's feisty and I'm telling you you've got to watch out for him you have to account for him and it's also important to make sure you remember that Andre Kopitar is the third member of that line. Yeah, don't forget him. <laughs> Who's the Kings uh, point leader right now. So yeah. that top line is is tough. And then you're right with Deneau, um on that next line, taking those important face-offs. It's, it's going to be a really difficult battle for the Flyers. But again, it's, it's a winnable game. And yeah. I think that if they do what Mike Yo was talking about yesterday – in terms of fixing those mistakes and, you know, doing the work for 60 minutes, they can beat this Kings team because they've shown that they are beatable over the last stretch. They are beatable. And the way you can, and the Kings like to play at pace. So that's something where they preach it. And that's not the greatest thing for the Flyers. But if the Flyers were to get a cycle on, you can beat their defense, especially, you know, middle to lower pair. You can do some damage against them. Jonathan Quick's been good this year. If it's Jonathan Quick, you're not getting the Jonathan Quick where you were wondering what he was a couple of years ago. You're getting the good. And if you get Cal Peterson, there is no break there. So we're just going to assume there's a good goalie in there. But a good hard work ethic and some good passing, like some crisp passing, could beat their defense. And that's where you can get some chances. I would like to bet on the Flyers' future. And, you know... Try and try and turn this corner. And I think the place to go for that is Bet Online. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website they've got. So sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this year. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, before we wrap up with our gritty thing of the week, we're going to do a prospect profile on Cutter Gautier. He is draft eligible 
for this year. He's 18 years old. Interestingly, was born in Sweden, but plays for Team USA. He's part of the U.S. National Team Development Program uh, forward. He's a big kid, 6'3", and he's been on the U.S. U18 team for the last couple of years, but is a Boston College commit for next Mm -hmm fall so uh, not too shabby for him there Uh, in 12 games played on the u.s uh, development team juniors team he's got nine goals in 12 games love the player there's a lot of mixed feelings about cutter galche though because i may tend to be a little rosier on him but i've also seen him a lot in the last two years live too i mean i've watched a, a lot of video but i've seen him four or five at least four or five times, maybe more alive in the last two years. And the last one was at the All-American Prospects game where he played center, but he's really good on, on the wing. I don't know if he's a center, but I will say that he's worked on faceoffs to enough to, to make me think if he was like Pierre-Luc Dubois and kept working at it, he could do it. But either way, this guy's got a great shot. Like he's maybe got the best wrist shot in, in the uh, draft. He's one of those guys where... He also can beat you or at least hurt you rushing the puck up the ice, dishing it off to another player and and getting a break going. And he's really good at that, too. I've seen him get good primary assists, good secondary assists. He's added more to his game in the last year than I knew that was there the year before. And so he has size and he's not afraid to use it. He's got the great shot. So he's sort of like a, you know, a Kaliev guy, Arthur Kaliev, who... Also, by the way, he's on the Kings, and you should watch out for him because he's got a great shot um, like that. And I do feel like he's more well-rounded than a Kaliev because I feel like he's also got this playmaking ability. And especially, I think, if you put him at center. I think that's where I've seen the more playmaking ability come out, where when he was on winger, I think they were kind of setting him off the wall for the big shot or for him to make a move on the net because he's got size. So he could really do all of those things, and I do feel like there is a possibility he would be a center at the NHL level with some good hard work, and he is a hard worker. And he has highlight film goals. Like, I'm telling you, go out and see him. Go out and look for him on, on Twitter. I saw him uh, when they had the uh, the, the Olympic camp, World Junior Camp, rather, and and then I watched one of the U18 games, and he had a highlight goal in that game. So, and it was against Muskegon. Like, he he has these goals. It's becoming commonplace. And so, even though I have him 19th right now, I do feel like he's going to move up on the list because I feel like his, his stock is rising. But there are people that will say, hey, you know, um, his shot isn't like Kaliev, and I don't like him as much. And that's when I always say, go back and watch him again because I don't know if you're seeing everything I right. see. And he's good defensively, too. Now, look, I'm not always going to be right either, but sometimes we all could help each other, too, by doing things like that. So I see something in him. He'd be a hell of a player for the Flyers. He would check off the boxes that you would want for the Flyers. Big check, even though I don't think that's always the biggest thing, but clearly Chuck was talking about that in the practice conference. Goal scoring, check. So, you know, and then everything else is gravy. And and he's a hard worker. His dad was an NHLer. He was a goalie. So... Sometimes when a player has a dad who's a goalie, you do learn how to score. Um, Anton Lundell's father is a goalie coach and was a goalie, and not at the NHL level, but 
uh, in Europe, and he told me that he learned how to read a goalie that way, and all of a sudden he started scoring goals where people weren't sure if he was a goal scorer. So, and you know, and he's more of a playmaker too, but he probably will get 20 goals a year in the NHL at some point. Gauthier, same thing. I think, and I haven't confirmed this with him because I'm going to have a long conversation with him soon, but I have to believe his dad being a goalie helped him. Because, you know, if you could practice with a guy who was an NHL caliber goalie and he sort of gives you the secrets and what, you know, he thinks the good scoring areas are and what to do to make a goalie flinch, that's never a bad thing. I'm interested in where he might end up like on the rankings if you're saying that he might move up because right now where you're saying he is at the moment is a little bit lower than the range where the flyers currently sit right so do you think he'll move up enough to be in a range where it wouldn't feel like the flyers are reaching i do but i also i always go with this theory if you as an organization like a guy and you feel like he checks the boxes for what you're looking for and what your team is about, then it shouldn't matter where you take him. Like, it just shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter what I think. It shouldn't matter what the other rankings think. It shouldn't matter what central scouting thinks. And so if, if they felt that way about him, I'd be fine with it. Again, there was a lot of shock when Columbus took Pierre-Luc Luc, Luc Dubois where they did, and I backed the deal. I'm like, no, this guy's good, and I could see – that if they try and play him at center, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But this is a, a an NHL player. I mean, it did work for him for a while. And then they made a trade and, you know, it's fine. So I just, I look at it that way and I say, if he's your guy, take him. But I also feel like he will probably be looked at in that 10, 11, 12 range. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on him moving forward as we get closer to the final rankings and the draft coming up next summer as an option. Wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week, there was like one sort of major thing, obviously, this Gritty Snacks mobile game, which uh, was released by the Flyers at probably not the right time. Yeah, it was at the no. best time. <laughs> it was not. It was not. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, if you like mobile games, it's fun. And, um, you know, can't complain about more gritty stuff. Maybe they should think about timing a, a little bit better when they're going to release this stuff. And uh, the other thing that I found was they they put out a good TikTok from the last home game and the caption was when in doubt vibe it out and um that's a good motto to live by right now with the flyers it is. just vibe it out it'll be okay and if you can dance and you can enjoy gritty uh I think you're doing pretty good listen if I was shaped like gritty and could dance like that I probably would dance more because I'm a lousy dancer. So I like it. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We're going to recap the game against the LA Kings. We're going to start next week to, you know, as we get into the all-star break, we'll talk about where the team is, trade deadline goals, what we do in this time between now and then Monday, we'll have our nemesis of the week as always. So a lot of great content coming up on the show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. 
I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great weekend, everyone.